Hello, this is Ed Robinson, and welcome back to another episode of the Deep End with Ed podcast. The Deep End. The Deep End. The Deep End. With Ed Robinson. The aim of this weekly podcast is to inspire you to go into the deep end by talking about real challenges and providing practical tips and inspiration from me or my guests. Before we dive into this edition of the Deep End with Ed podcast, I want to give you a lifeguard tower moment. But again, this is something that you will do for others. The next time you have an opportunity to hear a speaker give a presentation, whether it's at school, whether it's your sports team, or it may be at a family event, a wedding, it might even be at a faith-based organization, I want you to go up and to encourage that person and thank them Uh, for the information that they may have shared with you because it goes a long way and sometimes even the speakers and the encouragers they need encouragement the deep end end. end. so in season number nine as you know we are looking at overcoming the fear of public speaking again which is one of the top fears and phobias that people have And on the last episode, we talked about, we just kind of laid the groundwork about glossophobia or the fear of speaking in public. So we kind of talked about those areas. On this episode, what I want to talk about, I really want to get into some of the nitty gritty. I want to talk about the three P as in Paul ingredients that I think that are critical or necessary, important to uh, presentation, uh, public speaking. So I'm going to make it real simple. Uh, I'm taking a lifelong journey of experiences and things that have worked for me. And I'm hopefully uh, sharing them with you uh, as to how what you can possibly incorporate in your preparation. So I think the first thing that you uh, must uh, take in consideration, the first P is for passion. What is it that you are passionate about? What is it that makes you get up in the morning? What is it that you would do for free? If if anything that you can do, if fear was not an issue, if money was not an obstacle, what would you do? What gets you excited? What are those subjects? What are those topics, those things that really, really get you excited? I've been part of uh, corporate speakers bureaus. I've been part of the Toastmasters. I've served as a pastor, a deacon. I've done a lot of things where I had to rely on the speaking skills and the ones that really, really resonated with me and the audience were the ones where I was very passionate about. You might be passionate about sewing. You might be passionate about exercising. You might be passionate about finances. You might be passionate about raising children. You may be passionate about being a grandparent. You may be passionate about uh, spiritual things. You may be passionate about entrepreneurship and owning your own business. You may be passionate about uh, just being your, your your own person and overcoming obstacles, whatever it is, I think it's important to just dig deep and to think about it. Everyone has something that they are passionate about, something that gets them fired up, something that gets them motivated, something that gives them just a burst of energy and excitement. So I think it's important, again, to know 
what it is that you're excited about. And if you don't know it off the top of your head, just take a piece of paper and just uh, write the sentence out. One thing that I really enjoy doing with the three dots, and then you just kind of fill it in from there. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy reading. I enjoy singing. I enjoy talking. I enjoy whatever it might be. Every one of us, from the babies to those in the 80s and beyond, we all have something that we're excited about, something that we're passionate about, something that drives us, something that is our fuel, our F-U-E-L, that gets us pumped up. I really, my main thing that I really, really, really enjoy doing is overcoming obstacles, helping people overcome obstacles. When I, I get passionate, when individuals say that you can't do something and then you get to the point where, okay, we're going to create a basic plan and we're going to learn how to how to do this. I was watching the 2023 United States Women Open uh, where Coco Golf, 19-year-old teenager, she overcame some obstacles to get to where she needed to be. And once she got there, she wasn't braggadocious. She was very humble about her victory, which was the first time it had occurred that a teenager had won in 22 years. It hadn't happened since 2001 when a young 19, another 19-year-old by the name of Serena Williams, who happens to be from my beloved city, Compton, did that. But the moral of the story back to Coco is that she said that the, she didn't call them this, but <clears throat> the distractors, the detractors, the haters, I'm going to say the haters, they gave her fuel to drive her passion. So back to the speech making, the important thing again, I think, is to know what it is that you're passionate about. So for instance, as much as I love to talk and speak, I've done media, I've done presentations before hundreds and hundreds of people. But if you have me to come and talk about uh, singing, or if you have me to talk about music, let me be clear, I love hearing music. I love to hear people that can sing. I can't sing. So if you ask me to give a presentation about singing, Yes, I can get up and do, um, I'll do the very best I can with the experience that I have, but I don't think it would be my best performance because I'm not passionate about singing myself. But if you ask me again about inspiration, you ask me about overcoming odds, you ask me about exercising, you ask me about making a difference in someone's life and service and those type of things, even if you notice then my energy, it rises. So it's important. So the first P is knowing what you're passionate about, knowing your passion. The second thing before I present to anyone, I don't care if it's a, if it's an entrepreneurial presentation, if it's a corporate presentation, if it's a community presentation, if it's on television, if it's in a faith-based organization, one of the first thing that I want to know is who are the people. That's the second P. First one, passion. The second one is the people. You know, there's an old saying, you got to know the audience. And when I was part of a corporate speakers bureau, one of the first thing I used to ask the contact person, 
I would ask them simple things like, okay, so tell me a little bit about the organization. Tell me how many people do you anticipate will be in the audience? Tell me what is their knowledge about the subject that you're asking me to come and to present on. Tell me, have they had someone talk about the same subject? And if they did have them to uh, speak about it, uh, what was their reaction to it? Uh, I'll ask them things or is there anything controversial, any sensitive things uh, that are going on? Is there anything that I probably shouldn't stay? I mean, I shouldn't say or I should stay away or are there any uh, thing that I need to lean on directly? And what I have found is that when I'm talking to individuals, um, especially those contact people, they are very helpful because it, they really kind of help me to anchor and to write my presentations. A couple other things. What are the demographics of it? What are the, you know, the ethnicity, you know, the gender of the individuals? Uh, what is the age of them? Uh, what is the educational level? All of those things inform the presentation. And it is amazing to me the number of people who give presentations and they don't know their audience. They're going out and they're talking to a group of teenagers and they're using words like sagacious. You know, that big word sagacious just simply means to be wise. Or they walk out and they say, you kids are very truculent, T-R-U-C-U-L-E-N-T. Truculent just simply means you're arrogant, you're prideful, that type of thing. The point that I'm trying to say I wouldn't go and talk to a bunch of high schoolers or teenagers using sagacious or using truculent. I would speak the language of the day, whatever it is that they're used to hearing. And so, again, knowing your audience is very important uh, to really kind of understand what's going on. And these are some things that I'm talking about even before you get to the uh, point where they're introducing you or if you just have to go up front and start talking, it's important to know the audience, whether it's on your job and you may work with people and you may be speaking to another department. It's important to find out a little bit about that department and what are they really doing? What is the, what is the, the, the main aim? What are the issues and the things that, uh, that are important to them? Or if you may be talking to your sports team or, or, you know, on, or in your classroom, really, you know, don't take things for granted. We're all students. We're all athletes. No, people have different perspectives and things of that nature, what they've dealt with. How will it resonate? How will it impact? How will it affect? How will it relate to them? And so uh, I've been asked to give presentations where once I did my, what I'm calling right now, the audience analysis of what's going on, I, I totally uh, changed the uh, presentation of what they were asking me to originally come uh, talk about. That one subject may have been about versus what uh, this person who's really in the know as it relates to what's going on, uh, it, it changed things. So knowing your audience is very important. I can't help to underscore the value and the importance of that. And let me just say back to the contact person, I always make sure that I take care of the contact person. And what I mean by that, I give them a shout out when I'm giving a presentation. Hey, I want to thank John. I want to thank Sally for, you know, the uh, being my my contact person, helped me to get uh, where I am today. 
Uh, so I always like to shout them out and write them a nice thank you. And if I need to connect with their boss or so, uh, I think that's important to do so. So don't take those individuals uh, for granted. They are the ones that can really uh, make you or really break you. So uh, put ego, arrogance and everything aside and make sure, you know, you're, you're you're speaking with them. So, again, passion It's very important to be passionate about uh, what it is that gets you motivated, because when you are passionate about something, it will display even in your actual talk or presentation. It'll come across. So, again, if you're asking me to come and talk about music or singing, I can do so, but I'm not going to be highly energized about it. But if you give me something that I'm very passionate about, you're going to see, you know, hey, wait a minute, this guy is too passionate. So I think it's important. To so passion is one. Again, the people, knowing the people, knowing who you're going to speak with, having that contact person. Uh, again, translated your audience analysis. And then the third P that I want to share with you, and the final one for this particular episode, is to know your purpose. I know that sounds very uh, oversimplified. What is the purpose for me being here? What is the aim? What is the end game? What are we trying to accomplish as a result of the information that I will share, that I will uh, present to the organization? I think it's important to have a purpose. So imagine you are on the... Um, I'm going to say the 405 freeway, a very popular freeway. You're on the San Diego freeway, and you don't know if you're going north. You don't know if you're going south. You don't know uh, if you're going east or west, which, by the way, you can't go east or west on the San Diego freeway. You can only go north or south. But if you don't have the directions as to what it is that you're trying, where you're trying to go, you know, you're going to ride around in circles. And I think the same thing applies to uh, when it comes to public speaking. I always try to find out what is the end game. What is it that I'm trying to or they want me to accomplish uh, while I am there? So once I am very clear on um, I'm passionate about something and I know the people, uh, I have done my audience analysis, my homework, and then once I find the purpose, the main aim of what it is that they're asking me to do, then that's when I start to, so to speak, outline uh, the things that I, I need to talk about. And each one of these particular steps, you can do a subset of each one of them, a subset on the passion. You can do a subset on the people. You can do a subset on the purpose. So once I gather all of that information, then I'm ready to move forward. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to get ready to land a plane on this episode because all I'm trying to do again is just lay the ground uh, rules or not not necessarily the rules, but some of the skills, some of the insightful things uh, that can help you. So again, if you know your passion, what it is you're passionate about, if you know the audience that you're going to be speaking to, if you know the purpose of what it is that you're going to talk about. And then the next thing that I would say, and it's going to be my final thought before I close out, is that I would urge you to have no more than three key points, three key points or three uh, key messages that you want to share with them 
Because if you try to give people too much, remember, you know, the average attention span might be 30 minutes and sometimes even less than that. So you want to try to get in as much information in a very strategic, impactful way uh, as you can. So usually as a rule of thumb, if someone asks me to speak for 30 minutes, I try to uh, make sure that my presentation is no longer than 20, maybe 22 minutes or so, because I want to leave cushion time for a question and answer. Someone asked me, oh, it was earlier this year, and they wanted me to speak. It was a large crowd that they wanted me to speak to, and I did do it. And they said, Ed, you have an hour and a half. I said, there's no one where I'm going to talk for an hour and a half. Now, I can talk for an hour and a half. But the, the fact of the matter is that once I started getting north of 30 minutes, I'm going to start losing the people. So we uh, compromised and we cut it down to 45 minutes, but I didn't talk for 45 minutes. I talked maybe for 35, 36 minutes and then Q&A, and it still went on. I mean, it went on. We had the, you know, the cushion at the time, I think like an hour and 20 minutes, but I, went, no, I wasn't going to do that. So again, let me just kind of summarize it again. Knowing your passion, being very passionate about what it is that you want, that you like to talk about. Uh, knowing your the people who are going to be there, know, that's the, your audience analysis. And then knowing your purpose. Once you find out what your purpose is and what they are uh, asking you to do and you, 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 know, you agree on that, then you start getting to your points. And your points, again, I would say no more than two to three points. And so on the next episode, I'll kind of parse out what I mean by the points uh, as we get ready to get into the organization of the speech. So I thank you very much. Um, Again, I I trust and hope that this information has been helpful uh, to someone. And now what I want you to do is I want to give you your your coachable moment. And your coachable moment is what I, this is something you do for yourself. I want you to really this week study the speakers whether you're looking at individuals on TV, whether they're sitting down doing the news or they're on the talk show. But in particular, if you can find someone who may be standing up doing a presentation, it might be at work, it could be a school, it could be at your faith-based organization, and kind of study them, especially those who are pretty effective, you know, uh, whether they're uh, in, in, in interspersing uh, storytelling and so forth. And that's another episode that we'll talk about on the storytelling. But just, I want you to just observe those individuals and just take some notes, take some mental notes and even some written notes of how you can incorporate some of the tools um, that they're, um, and skills that they're using. I do it even now, even after 30 plus years of public speaking, motivational speaking, inspirational speaking, I do the same thing uh, because mom would always tell us the biggest room in the house is the room for improvement. So I'm always trying to improve. Again, thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast. A special thanks to Nicole Robinson for producing and editing this podcast. Please share this podcast with others and do subscribe to our Instagram and Facebook pages at Deep In With Ed. The Deep In With Ed podcast is a Beyond the Mass conversation production. Remember, if we all join hands together, we can go twice as far. Thank you and God bless.